Tuesday, January 23rd, was a busy day at the state capitol. Hudson Mohawk Magazine covered events with the Renewable Heat Now campaign, parole reform, and the New York Immigration Coalition. For part one, we start off with Bet Abroad of New Yorkers for Clean Power and Laura Schindel of Food and Water Watch. Um, scheduled also in this year at the same time, we will then also hear about elder parole and other parole reforms. Abroad. I'm the campaign director of New Yorkers for Clean Power and the director of advocacy and organizing at the Association for Energy Affordability. I'm here with my dear colleague, Laura. Please. I'm Laura Schindel. I'm a senior organizer with Food and Water Watch. We have an amazing turnout. Over 300 people from across the state came here to yeah. rally for New York Governor Hochul included key parts of the New York Heat Act in her executive budget. This is a huge deal. <laughs> Governor Hochul has signaled that she's ready to take the next big step on climate. And she signaled that she's committed to delivering relief to New Yorkers across the state who are struggling to pay rising energy bills and who are suffering through fossil fuel fueled extreme weather. Now we need Speaker Hasty to make the same commitment and put the Heat Act in the one house budget. Right. Any more time. We have to transition now off of this outdated, dangerous, toxic, fracked gas system that is driving climate change. Right. We have suffered through poisonous air through orange skies, yes. through smoky air, yes. through unhealthy conditions, through floods, through record-breaking heat waves. What more do we have to witness until we get off this dangerous system and transition to clean energy and clean heat now? Yes. What's worse is we are being asked to keep dumping billions and billions of dollars into this outdated system. We're pouring this money into the fracked gas system, which leads to utilities across the state raising rates for people who can't afford it. It's unacceptable. Yes. Some New Yorkers are going to see their energy bills go up by $75 a month. That ain't right. We have to get off the fracked gas system as quickly as possible, and we need to do it now. The New York Heat Act is the solution we need. It will kickstart our transition off of fracked gas and enable gas providers to invest in renewable heating instead. It will also end the $200 million in subsidies that we are paying every year to expanding the fracked gas system. Because by law, by law, every house has to get connected to the gas system for free if it is near a gas main. And most importantly, it will get rid of the obligation to serve. Right now, right now, every customer that asks for gas, gas must get connected to gas by law to the fracked gas system. Getting rid of this gas guzzling system will be a huge boost to our transition to clean energy. All of this New York Heat Act 
will reduce future gas rate hikes, like the ones pummeling New Yorkers right now across the state. Governor Hochul included all of this in her executive budget. However, he left out one key part, additional protections for low-income families that are struggling to pay their energy bills every month. This is crucial. New York Heat Act, utility bills will be limited to 6% of a family's income. This would save families up to $75 a month on their energy we can't afford to stay on fracked gas. We need the legislature. We need Speaker Hasty to follow Governor Hochul's lead and put the HEAT Act in the budget. Our coverage of parole reform starts with Senator Brad Hoyman Siegel, lead sponsor of Elder Parole, followed by Assemblymember Michelle Solages, who is head of the Black and Puerto Rican Caucus, and then Brian Hill, a paralegal with legal aid in Rochester who spent much of his life in prison. It is past time that we allow, we're just allowing older incarcerated individuals to have an opportunity before a parole board. And as Senator Salazar, our champion on the Corrections Committee said, it's not about automatic release, it's about having the chance at parole. Right? If you're 55 years or older and have served at least 15 years, we just want you to have the opportunity to go before the parole board. Isn't that fair? Yes! Isn't that just? Yes! And I was speaking to Mr. Steele over here, and he said to me, and he's absolutely right, that it is unconscionable that these individuals don't have a shot at parole now, automatically. And it's unconscionable what we're doing by keeping them behind bars separated from our community and it is harmful to our local economy that we can't return these men and women to become real activated members of their local community to support their families and their small businesses and their community organizations so the bph caucus released their budget priorities a people's agenda and the tagline for this year is a demand for justice. So what do we want? Justice! And we particularly want parole justice. Because we know that the war on drugs was really a war on people. And that black and brown communities were at the brunt end. And we today are still suffering from the effects of mass incarceration. That ain't right! That's why we need to ensure that our elders are given dignity and given an opportunity to stand before the parole board. That's all we're asking. And so we stand here united as the caucus members, 77 of us, demanding that this bill come to the floor. And that we, we want it now because we cannot wait. We need to bring dignity to our community. You say that you're in line, you want health equity, you want equality for all, you want to make sure that black and brown folks are given and closing, the disparity gaps are closing. So show us that. That's right. Don't talk about it. Be, be about, about it. it. Belt. I'm a paralegal at the Legal Aid Society Decarceration Project. I'm also 1199 SEIU Union Delegate. Um, I served 18 years and nine months in prison. I went. I went to six parole boards. My my first initial three parole boards. I was denied without the full record. They didn't have my sentencing minutes. So. I was denied six years without them even having the complete record. 
So what type of consideration is that? When I was released, like I was, I, I feel like I was ready. I was ready to go go home many years prior to being released, um, right. even before my minimum sentence. Right. But I was released a day before my 39th birthday in 2011. When I was released, I had spent 50% of my life in prison. And I had to, I came home with nothing. I had to figure out how to rebuild my life. And that was the hardest thing in the world to, to not go back to like negative things and to not give up. While I was doing the time when I had year five, year 10, year 12 in, I didn't know whether I was going to ever have, you know, be able to make a better life for myself, whether I was going to have a family, whether I was going to even make it through my incarceration. When I came home, I was, I was luckily able to have a few friends from childhood that put resources in my hand, that gave me a support system. Um, a lot of us don't have that. So that was that was that helped me. I went to I, I got my, my my bachelor's degree and you know I started yes, a couple of businesses yes. and I was able to work at legal aid as a paralegal. Right. Um, I taught myself law in prison. I helped guys get out. The only reason I was able to to have success and to successfully reintegrate in society is because I I planned this. Those same people that are not getting fair opportunity at the parole board they're just like me i'm no different than them and and if they're given the opportunity they will have success too and they come from our communities black and brown communities and we want them back in our communities because we feel that they're assets we're asking for the legislators to pass elder parole and fair and timely parole so that so that black and brown people that have been incarcerated for for many years can get an opportunity to come home to their communities thank you this has been Mark Dunley for the Hudson Mohawk Magazine.